save on beta. BookNet Canada is proud to announce that library data is now open for provider libraries. And if you are or you're not screaming in delight at this announcement, this podcast episode is for you. I'm Elizabeth Barker, your host today as we examine the possibilities, realities, and general joy this new industry tool brings. Today, I'm joined by the famous face of library data, Monique Munjan, who, outside of being a force in the publishing industry, is also the product manager. Hi, Monique. Thank you for being at work today. It's always a joy to be at my workplace. Glad you made it. (laughs) So, what is library data? So, library data is our library circulation data collection and reporting platform. So, if you're familiar with sales data already, where we collect retail sales data from across the country, we're now doing similar project for library data. So we're collecting the loans, holds, renewals, copies owned and copies on order from libraries across the country so that we can open up some more views into how patrons and borrowers at libraries are using the materials available to them. That's awesome. So, okay, how many libraries are participating right now? So far, since we're still in beta, we have 20 libraries participating. They have over 500 branches between them, which is pretty significant. And their libraries serve approximately 20% of Canada's total population. So that's not a bad start. We have five ILS providers working with us. So an ILS is like a point of sale system for libraries. It's where they track all of their circulation information. So we're working with Symphony, Horizon, Polaris, Evergreen, and Koha so far. So if you are using one of those ILS providers, we can take your data almost immediately. So get in touch. (laughs) Okay, so we have all this data now. What can we learn from it? What real-world applications does it have? Since we've just unleashed the data into the hands of some of our libraries, um, we're just beginning to kind of understand what some of the real applications will be. Um, And there's a lot that we'll learn over time as we amass more data. But so far, some of the best applications are for comparative reporting. So if you're looking to improve your collection or learn about what's working well at other libraries that you can bring into your own, we have a lot of reporting on that. Looking at trends across the entire sort of ecosystem of libraries. So we have views of data that include all of the libraries. So you can see at a glance, sort of like we do in sales data, where you can see the view of all the stores. Um, you can see the view of all the libraries as well. And also looking at regional data. So because each library represents its own municipality, <laughs> um, you can view the data in sort of and the city level to see sort of where are mysteries most popular or are people in BC really interested in books about hiking and those sorts of things. So we're working on that. Um, and we're also doing a lot of comparative tools between library and sales data. So we've learned some interesting things so far. For example, when a book experiences its peak of sales, so the highest sales point, mm-hmm. five weeks after that is when the holds tend to peak at the library. Oh. So when we think about the ways that we know readers learn about new books to buy or books to read, they're often hearing about them through word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So if, let's say, everyone buys a book at the beginning of a month, it maybe takes them, if you're like me, you bring it home and you put it on your coffee table (laughs) and then you have it on the coffee table for a while. And then maybe a month later, you finally have like gotten into it enough to start telling your friends. And so when we look at the data and we can see that five weeks later, there's an additional peak in the holds that that's kind of the impact of that word of mouth, possibly. Okay, 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 okay. I want to play a game with you. Great. Okay, so I'm going to give you a scenario, and you're going to tell me what report I should run in order to figure out what I want to know. 
Okay. Okay. I think I can handle this. Okay. I'm a librarian, lifelong dream, and I want to know what people are reading, or at least what they're intending to read, so I can make selections for my book club. So how do I find out the titles that are seeing the most circulation or collecting the most holds? Right. So one of the reports available is called the Popular Books Report, and you can rank to find the most popular books based on either the loans or the holds or Mm -hmm. the renewals or even the number of copies on order if you want to see what's popular in terms of what other libraries are ordering. Um, So there's lots of possibilities in terms of the Popular Books Report. And if you're hosting the book club at a specific branch, you could look at the Popular Books for that specific branch location so that you kind of know what the readers who are visiting that location are interested in. Hmm. Okay, okay. So I'm still a librarian, and I'm culling the shelves, you know, trying to make room for incoming books, and I come across a title that only has a few copies, but they're kind of in pretty bad shape. So it's not like an obsolete title, but it's not exactly new. So how do I determine whether or not to order new copies for this book or to turn it out to pasture? So if you want to look at a single title, Mm -hmm. um, there is a report called the Book Activity Report where you can look at the more in-depth view of one title's performance. So you can drop the ISBN of the book into that report, and what you'll get back is the week-over-week performance. You'll see if there's been any loans. Mm -hmm. There's also a great graph there that shows you at a glance sort of all the circulation activity at once. Um, So if you like graphs, that can be really helpful. I really, really do. But at that point, you can kind of see if there's been any interest in this book. You could also look at other libraries and see Mm -hmm. if they have interest in this book. And then you can kind of use your professional wisdom to decide whether or not you want to keep the book in your collection. But you have more tools now to Mm -hmm. see sort of if anyone across the country is taking out this book or reading it. Okay. So I'm a selector for my library, and I get to go to a conference. And I see another librarian there, and we get to talking, and they're going on about how much they've improved their collection of children's books about blended and non-heteronormative families. So how do I find titles that are missing from my collection that are doing as well in theirs? Great, yes. So this is one of the coolest types of reports that we have available. So this reporting tool is called the Collection Gaps, and you can use this to identify titles that are missing from your library that are performing well somewhere else. So if you wanted to find the titles about um, sort of blended and alternative families, that's the BISAC code that's assigned (laughs) to books in this subject area, then you would use the subject selector Mm -hmm. to identify those subjects. And then you'd pick yourself as the home library, and then you would pick the conference presenter's library as your comparison library. And what it would return back to you is all the titles that are the highest performing at their library that your library doesn't already own. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And it's a really great way, if you're trying to build your collection, to Mm -hmm. find those titles that are high performing that are missing from your shelves. Okay, another librarian one. Okay, great. I'm yeah, ready. I got a, a thousand of these. Um, <laughs> okay, so I just want to check out uh, the week's bestsellers and see how my branch's collections of these titles are stacking up. Um, or maybe, like, I want to put a display together. Ooh, I could put a display together, like, right in front of the library. Yep. I'm getting way too into these scenarios. <laughs> I think I missed my calling. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so I'm trying to put a display together for people coming in over the weekend. Is like, Can these reports help me, or is it kind of just, like, a guess? No, yeah, these reports can definitely help you. Like I mentioned before, because we've been working with sales data now for over 10 years, we have all of the sales information included with the library's access of sales data. So the libraries could run the bestseller CERC report, which returns the best-selling titles for the week that they've chosen, Mm -hmm. and then it shows their library's holdings of that title and how it's performing. So if you, let's say the best-selling book this week is a book about Dalmatians, 
And then you can see also your libraries, whether you have any copies, if you have some on order, mm -hmm. if you have them in and they're circulating, how much they're circulating. So you can see all of that information. So you know what you have. So you know, A, which books are actually in the library so you can pull them in for a display. Or you can see if they've all been checked out, then like great news, the bestsellers are doing great at your library. <laughs> but you can see that information at a glance there through our partnership with the sales data platform. That's so cool. Okay, I'm going to switch it up. Okay. I'm a children's publisher now. Excellent. Okay. So I'm planning my future seasons of books, and I'm trying to identify what the library market is like for, let's just say, I'm really big on French language graphic novels. Okay. Is there anything that can help me with that one? Yes. Yeah. So if you're looking, not at an individual title level, but if you're looking for the performance of an entire category, yeah. a subject or a language, like here we're talking about... French graphic novels, the report you want to use is called trend analysis. And what that does, it's a bit like a market share report. Uh -huh. So it shows of the library that you pick, like how many of all the loans are French language graphic novels. And then you can chart that over time. So you could see, for example, if a month ago, or not a month ago, let's let's look farther. <laughs> let's say six months ago, the average sort of loans for a French graphic novel mm -hmm. category in a month was like 500. And you okay. can see maybe six months later, now it's closer to like 1100. Then you can see there's been a lot of growth in that category. Mm -hmm. And it could be that maybe there's like a really big book that came out in that category and that kind of thing. So it's sort of a good starting point for more analysis. So if you run a trend analysis for French language graphic novels, and you think like, oh, there's been a lot of growth here. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to bring some stuff in. That might be a great time to run a collection gaps report on French graphic novels to find the best performing ones that you don't have. Mm. Or run a popular books on the French graphic novels so that you can find the ones that are the best performing and see sort of if any of those are things you want to bring in. So that's a couple ways you can use the trend analysis report. It's also really great for libraries, too, as they are planning their collection buys mm -hmm. to see sort of how things are growing and changing in their own libraries, as well as for the publishers to decide what they want to publish. Okay, so you've mentioned sales data a couple of times now. How is the demand between libraries and the retail market different? This is a super great question. Thank you. Um, we, we know that through a lot of different methods and sort of areas of our research, both using sales data and library data and through our research reporting, that there is a very big difference between the library and the retail market. But I actually want to introduce my lovely colleague, Hannah, to come talk a bit about um, libraries and retail and some of these great stats more generally. Let's bring in Hannah. Let's bring on the stats. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Elizabeth. Okay, so Mo kind of alluded to this, but can you supply some numbers to kind of prove that the retail market is different than the library one? Mm -hmm, for sure. So when we were looking at the number of unit sales and loans uh, last June to December in 2018, mm -hmm. we found that certain subjects are more popular in the library market than in retail. Mm -hmm. So in the retail market, the market share, so the percentage of the entire market that is these specific subjects, Okay. 39% is juvenile and young adults. 26% is adult fiction, and 34% is adult nonfiction. This oh, is in the I retail. See. In libraries, though, it's 48% juvenile and young adult, so a lot higher. 27% yeah. adult fiction, and 25% adult nonfiction. Oh, even like changed ranking I order. Know. Oh. So unsurprisingly, juvenile fiction and thrillers top the list for both sales data and library data, so there are some perennial favorites that are going to be consistent across both markets. What I'm sure our listeners really want to know 
is do people who use the library also buy books or are they mutually exclusive? Well, according to a new BookNet Canada study that just came out. You don't say. I know. Borrow by Read is the name of the study. It's on library use and book buying in Canada. Mm-hmm. We can definitively say Canadians who both buy and borrow books purchase more books on average per month than buyers who don't use the library at all. Huh. So we found that those who'd visited a library at least once in the last year purchased an average of three books per month. Whereas those who had not been to the library in the past year only made 2.6 purchases on average. But we also found that at the peak, buyers who were visiting the library 10 to 14 times a month, really the super users, Mm -hmm. purchased an average of six books each month. Wow. What else are some key findings from this study, Laura Byreed? Well, we were able to see some more data about how users are accessing the titles that they want to read. Yeah. So 41% of borrowers purchased a new print book in the last year, mm-hmm. 12% bought an ebook, and mm. 4% bought an audiobook. Interesting. But we also found that in terms of the frequency, borrowers are listening to audiobooks way more than readers in general. were listening daily compared to 7% of overall readers, Mm. and 18% listen several times a week compared to 16% of readers. Uh, We also have some stats on just general usage, Mm -hmm. finding that 56% of Canadian readers used a public library in the past year, and 40% of Canadians visit the library monthly. Aww. Okay, so then did they actually give reasons for the main reasons? why They did, and it might be, I'll let you guess, what do you think the main reason was that people were using the public library? Um, I would say a sense of guilt left over from childhood. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the number one reason. Yes. No, we found that <laughs> borrowing books is oh, the number one oh, reason that people are using books. the library. I didn't even think. Right? I know. It's not an obvious one. <laughs> but 44% of users are using the library to borrow bestsellers. Nice. Another 44% to borrow other fiction. Mm-hmm. And another 44 to borrow nonfiction. Hmm. And when it comes to discovery of new titles, public library is the fourth most popular way that readers of all kinds are discovering the books they want to read. That's because librarians are amazing. Okay, so, but are there differences um, in why borrowers are reading versus those who buy? Yeah, there are some differences. So we found that borrowers read for the same reason that all readers do, and the top reasons are to relax and for enjoyment or Mm. to use their imagination. However, some reasons for reading were more popular with borrowers than with all readers. Mm-hmm. More borrowers are reading to learn, reading oh. to discover topics or become immersed in another world, and to read for inspiration and motivation or for work or study. Oh. Yeah, we're also seeing that books stay popular longer in libraries with higher popularity of backlist titles mm-hmm. in library circulation than retail oh. sales. So 55% of sales are frontlist titles, but only 25% of loans. So backlist is really the bulk list of library circulation. What other cool things do you have for us today? Well, my colleague Ainsley, who works in marketing here at BookNet, recently put up a blog post Mm -hmm. on basketball books. In light of the Raptors' historic run to the NBA championships, she did a post looking at how basketball books as a category performed over time, mm-hmm. are Canadians reading basketball books more than hockey books or baseball books? And what are the best-selling books about basketball and its stars? Interesting. So I thought it would be fun to look at similar questions using library data. Oh. Because we know now how basketball books perform in retail, but how do they perform in public libraries? That's a very good question. So we see similar performance over time. There was a rise in loans and sales in early May 29 possibly related to the aforementioned Raptors' success. (laughs) And like with book sales, loans of hockey books 
far outpace loans in the other sports and recreation subgenres. Perhaps not surprising, seeing as we're here in Canada, yeah. even at the lowest points for the hockey subgenre. None of the other top sports really no. come close in terms of circulation. We also compared how top-selling titles in sales data um, compared to the highest loans in library oh, yeah. data. Yeah. And we did see some similarities, titles like The Mama Mentality, Kobe Bryant's book, Five Minute Basketball Stories, Relentless by Tim Grover, mm-hmm. Basketball by Dan Flores, and Open Look are all in the top 10 in both library data and sales data for the January to May period this oh. year. So yeah, so it's just interesting because with the dual platform of library data and sales data, we can compare the performance of subjects in both markets to get a more holistic view of how certain subjects might be performing. This is so exciting. And that's all we have for you today. So I want to say first a huge thank you to Monique for sitting down and talking about relevant things related to library data. Um, And another huge thank you to our newest edition of the BookNet team, Hannah Johnston, Project Coordinator of Library Data. And if any point of the information presented to you went, ooh, that's kind of neat, well, Hannah put that together for this podcast, so thank you. But of course, we also need to recognize all the hard work that went into the Borrow by Read study. So thank you, research team. You did amazing. And as well as Ainsley Sparks, who like now knows a lot about basketball books. Anyway, that neat exclamation has led to an interest in obtaining access to library data when we eventually open it up to the public. We've added the contact information in the notes. It's librarydata at booknetcanada.ca. And someone from the team will be in touch with all the details. In the meantime, a huge thank you again to you, the listener, to tuning in and listening all the way through. And thanks, as always, to the Government of Canada for their support for this podcast through the Canada Book Fund. We will be back in a month with another episode. Until then, I'm Elizabeth Barker, and I definitely will see you next time the word library is in the episode title. 